You're listening to a news story on the audio version of The Taiyi. Thanks for listening. The Taiyi is a nonprofit newsroom that is funded by our audience. So, if you appreciate this article and you'd like to help us do more, head on over to support.thetaiyi.ca and become a Taiyi builder. You choose the amount to give, and you can cancel any time. BC budget hands cash to families and posts a record deficit. By Andrew McLeod, February 22, 2024. The B.C. government's budget today promised to return money to individuals and families ahead of the October election, but critics say the measures won't make a significant long-term difference in the affordability crisis. We know it's tough for families right now, said Finance Minister Katrine Conroy in her speech presenting the budget at the Victoria Conference Centre Thursday morning. Going it alone doesn't work. The budget includes direct payments to electricity customers and families as well as increased carbon tax credits. The one-time BC Electricity Affordability Credit will save households an average $100 on their bills over the course of the year, depending on their power usage, budget documents said. The credits will begin to appear on electricity bills starting in April. Overall, the credit represents a $370 million cost for government that customers will see as savings. Commercial and industrial electricity customers will also get up to a 4.6% cut on their payments. The government is also making a one-year 25% increase to BC family benefits received by low- and middle-income families with children under 18. A family of four receiving $2,850 this year will see a bump to $3,563 starting in July. The measure will cost the government $248 million and benefit some 340,000 families. Asked about the payments being for one year only, Conroy said, I think families will be very, very grateful to get the boost this year. As revenue increases from the carbon tax, the province will use the money to raise climate action tax credit payments. If a family of four received $890 last year, they will receive $1,005, budget documents say, and an individual that received $447 last year will receive $504 starting in July 2024. The payments are income-tested and the target is that 80% of households will qualify for the program by 2030. This year is also the first in which people will see the $400 renter's tax credit. Long promised and announced in last year's budget, it will be available as people file their 2023 income taxes. Responding to a question about making one-time payments to people in the months ahead of an election, Conroy said there would be a lot more in the budget if we were just focusing on the election. The one-time payments are welcome, said Iandri Riddell, a campaigner with the BC Health Coalition, but there needs to be focus on housing and other social services that are key to people's health. Injections are great, but what we do need are the structural changes that not just revitalize, but build the healthcare system we need. The quick handouts are to be expected with the election on the horizon, said Fiona Famluck, CEO of the BC Chamber of Commerce. There are no surprises in the choices the government has made in their budget, given it is an election year, she said. I think the sentiment is well-intended, but businesses don't plan on a one-year basis. It's helpful, but it's not significant. Famluck welcomed the doubling of the exemption threshold for the employer health tax from $500,000 to $1 million, 
which the Chamber of Commerce and other business groups had sought. The new threshold will make about 90% of businesses exempt and cost the government about $100 million a year in foregone revenue. Rowan Burge, the provincial director for the BC Poverty Reduction Coalition, said that while cash injections are welcome, she would have preferred to see increases to income and disability assistance rates, which were frozen for the second year in a row. The budget includes a table showing the net provincial tax for households after taking into consideration the eliminated medical services plan premiums, provincial income tax, child and family benefits, and taxes on carbon, sales, and fuel. Depending on income level, it says, families are paying between $2,600 and $4,100 less in provincial taxes than they were in 2017. In her speech Conroy pointed out that some families will be significantly better off than they were, giving the example of someone saving $2,100 a month on child care thanks to changes in government policy. The executive director for the Center for Family Equity, Vivika Ellis, said more funding is needed to make $10 a day child care a reality for more families. While spaces exist, the province isn't even halfway to making the program universal, she said. They're unicorn spaces. Overall the government will collect $81.5 billion in 2024 to 25 and spend $89.4 billion, resulting in a record deficit of $7.9 billion. Conroy defended running a deficit to protect the services British Columbians count on. People can't afford us not to do it, she said. What would be reckless would be to make cuts to people in this province. For the first time in more than a decade, the budget includes no forecast allowance, normally a large amount of money set aside in case the province's economic performance is worse than expected. In the current fiscal year, for example, there was a $700 million forecast allowance that was drawn down in the third quarter to offset losses, including a $1.3 billion drop in revenue from natural gas. Conroy said that forecast allowances are good to have to fall back on, but the government has made a different choice. What we're doing this year is contingencies. Because actually contingencies give more flexibility than forecast allowance does. The province's total debt will rise from $103 billion to $123 billion in 2024 to 25 and is forecast to go up by another $40 billion over the next two years. Despite higher borrowing costs, Conroy said, our debt remains affordable for a province of our size. The debt-to-GDP ratio, commonly used as an affordability measure, is forecast to rise to 27.5% by 2027 up from a low of 15.2% a year ago. The outline of assumptions and risks included at the start of the budget document and signed by Heather Wood, Deputy Minister and Secretary to Treasury Board, says, British Columbia's economy has softened against a backdrop of higher interest rates and slowing domestic and global economic activity. Other highlights of the budget include money for people using in vitro fertilization and an increase to the property transfer tax exemption threshold. Thanks for stopping by the Taiyi today. Anytime you're in the mood to listen to important stories written well, we'll be here. And if you'd like to keep independent media going strong, head over to the Taiyi.ca and click on the Support Us button to pitch in. Finally, big, big thank you to all of our Taiyi builders who made this story possible.